0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now, here's your host, Urban Lee. Welcome to From
1: Beer to the Bible. I'm Vicki Steifer. I'm the producer. Your host, Urban Lee, is with me in studio tonight. And I just wanted to take a second to really introduce a very special guest, very special to me. I call her Lamb Chop. She calls me. Sugar Plum. It's Mary I Rose. Did. Yes, you do. It's Mary Rose, my good friend from KLTY. And I want to introduce right now, Mary Rose to our host, Irvin Lee. Thank you, Vicky. Wow. That was great. And I'd love to have both of you guys on. And I'm so excited to have Mary Rose on. I've listened to her for years. And Mary Rose, I haven't had the chance to tell you, but one of the things that attracted me to your show was your voice. I think you have one of the most Different and attractive voices that I've ever heard. So I was drawn in. The Lord used your voice to get me drawn into the content of your show. So I wanted to say mm-hmm. thank you for your encouragement uh, over the years, which I've always found to be perfect no matter what I was going through. So uh, welcome to the show. And what we do on From Beer to the Bible is we always take a moment to invite the presence of. lord in so i'm going to pray and then we'll get started lord we ask you for your goodness your grace and your mercy father may i speak nothing of myself only what you give me to speak and ask father god we ask you for your continued blessings your love grace and mercy today and always in jesus name amen Mm -hmm. let's get right into it i wanted you to have an opportunity to tell our listeners your story around. Your battle with alcoholism, and the first question that I wanted to open with is, how did you know you needed help? Uh,
2: well, first of all, I do want to say, hey, Vicky, hugs and kisses, and Irvin. That's so sweet for you to say about my voice, but it's it's a gift from God. And um, I, you know what? It's for me, it was more um, opiates, um, but alcohol with with uh, opiates. My my drug of choice was uh, codeine, and um, I think after the third rehab, I realized I might have a problem and taking 35 pills a day was, uh, was a pretty big indicator. Um, I think you get to a point where you, you go for the high, right? And then you keep trying to reach the high that you can't reach it. And then you're just, you're, you're just every day you have to have a certain amount to just kind of function. So, um, I, and I think we end up, you know, for me, I tried to get sober one time. I went into uh, rehab once, and I think I was sober a year, and then I relapsed. And then finally, on April the 24th, 2005, my mother was dying, and I was drinking her pain medication. And um, I just I knew that wasn't right, and that I needed to seek help. So while she was, you know, it was April, and she ended up passing in August, but in those months, I was able to make a living amends and get sober and get help and uh, apologize to her, make amends with my siblings, um, my mom and my dad, and be with my mother when she passed. And um, I'm forever grateful to God for, um, you know, giving me that um, that that fight and to be inside of me for the courage to, to ask for help and, and knew that I either was going to live like that and die, or I was going to have to change my ways. And then I ended up, I ended up, uh, you know, being depressed again after mother died. But um, I had a really great psychiatrist that helped me with that, and I have a great sponsor who is who is who's been with me, and she's gosh sober thirty three years um, or more. And my brother has thirty eight years of sobriety. So there's a lot of sobriety in my family. But, um, I really didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And, um, but I was really glad that I was able to get help and make those, um, amends, living amends with my mother, be there when she passed. And then I promised her when she died that I would take care of my father who had Alzheimer's. And because I was sober and clean, I was able to take care of my father the next year and a half before he died. And I'm forever grateful for being able to do that, that God gave me the gift to do that. And then after that, I realized that in order to stay sober, I still felt like something was missing, and my brother invited me to Watermark and gave me a Bible. And mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a huge—yeah, I did. I went, and he gave me a Bible, and I started to read it. And that changed the trajectory of my life. I invited Christ into my heart and I uh, started living for Him and realized that we all have hang-ups, hurts in our lives, and we all reach out for different things. For me, it was drugs and alcohol. For everybody, it's different. It's uh, people-pleasing. It's, you know, anger, pride, uh pornography, whatever it is. But for me, it was drugs and alcohol, and, um, and I knew that God had wanted to use me for His, his better good. And I I just was so grateful that, you know, I'm here today and um, April 24th, I'll be clean. It's over 16 years and um, I should be dead or in jail. So I'm really a miracle and glad to be alive.
1: Well, we are so glad that we can see the Lord using you and continuing to work in and through you. As you gave your testimony, if you could, could you talk a little bit about rehab? Because too many times people see counseling and rehab as bad things. And I wanted you, having gone through three rehabs, and I also heard in your testimony that you relapsed. And those are two areas that those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction often find challenging.
2: Right. So I, um, and I think the second time when I got sober this last time, I knew that um, I, I needed to, to, to live and I needed to make amends to my mother. It was just I think you you either are enabled your your life and you continue doing it or you just come to a decision where you're either going to have to make a change or continuing to do it's like it's like what we say in the program you're either going to continue to do the wrong thing over and over again or you're you're gonna you're, you you wake up every day expect different results, but you're not doing anything different that's insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results but for me um the rehab the last time. Um I ended up with a great uh a, a great place that I went that um was centered around you know working out the problems because a lot of us that that is our what we do the addiction is the result of our 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 angst in, internally not thinking that we're good enough Mm-hmm. So, um, I really continued to work with um, the the people that I ended up in rehab with, and just followed the steps. My sponsor, I continue to go to meetings ninety days afterwards. I continue to see the psychiatrist, and you know when I don't see her anymore, but do you know I, I text her every year on my sobriety date just to tell her, "Hey, hi" and, I, and send her a picture, and I'm still sober um, i just I just I'm always forever grateful to her because I don't think there's anything wrong with getting help. And I, you know, I'll be honest. I'm still on an antidepressant this day, 16 years later, and um, it's just something that, that I need to take, and I'm okay with that. So I, I think, um, you know, you find a place that you you need it. You you can go to get help. Surround yourself with people. You have to change your people, places, and your playground. Yeah. You have to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. You need to find a good sponsor. Um, and, and, you know, as a believer, um, you, you really need to be around other believers and, and maybe find a church group where you can go to regeneration or celebrate recovery and find a good place where you can get in and work the steps. Cause I had to work through all that yuck, work through all the steps and, and, you know, bring out all the bad. And, you know, I can remember all the things my sponsor would have me do and write all these things out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then she wouldn't even look at it. She'd go, okay, you can go home and burn it, you know, <laughs> but you have to really, you have to, I, I, for me, it was, I had to get out of where I was. I needed my brother to go clean out the house, get out all the drugs and the alcohol. I needed to get away, refocus, have a team there to help me come off of the medication and the drugs and the alcohol, because often you need, um, you do need medical um, help if you you're drinking a lot or you're doing drugs. And it's okay to ask for help, because if I had never asked for help, I would not be sober today.
1: That is outstanding, and I think you hit on something that's very important, and that is having the courage to ask for help. And I want to kind of switch gears just a little bit. I want to talk about the profound impact of finding the Lord Jesus Christ had on your sobriety. Could you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, um i uh jesus um he came into my heart and then I just um uh, it changed everything about everything i did i i've never got married so I became celibate and just um you know went to watermark uh you know worked you know just hung around people that that want that were believers in christ and um a lot of people thought it was crazy because I had rededicated my life you know and that's okay because when God is in your heart you want it to be evident that you love Jesus in everything you do. So the whole and I was in radio I've been in radio in the markets in Dallas, Fort Worth for years and it always done mainstream radio, but my husband and I had gone to grade school together and reconnected in twenty thirteen and um and I knew within six months that I was going to marry him. But really my um my love for Christ um really helped him in my um you know, being celibate all those years. Really, I found out God wasn't his intention. It wasn't for me. It was really more for my husband, because he knew that I was faithful to God and that I was going to be faithful to him. And so I just, um, Jesus has worked in my heart, and I remember when Curtis married me, he said, you know, you really need to be in Christian radio. And I said, I've never done Christian radio. I don't even know the songs. You know, I remember that conversation. Mm -hmm. And he kept telling me, you really need to be in Christian radio. I said, really? He said, yeah. And um and and it's the you know it's the whole thing and I'm I'm gonna go back and and mention something here I won't mention any names but when I was working at another station years ago, um, one of my bosses is um is my current boss um where I work now and um he had said that he had seen the change in me but he had known me when I was using. And he said he took a risk in hiring me, but, um, you know, several years later, he said, I saw God work in your heart, and I knew you weren't the same girl that you were years ago. And he said, um, you know, he he gave me the greatest compliment a couple of years ago. He said, you know, I I did take a, a risk in hiring you, you know, hoping that you were sober and, you know, doing well. He said, but "You've gone above and beyond anything I would have ever exe- expected from you, and I'm, I'm just blessed to have you on staff." And you know that just looks at the grace I was given by him because if I hadn't, have, you know, I think of the grace I was given as being an addict in recovery, and that the grace I have to offer to other addicts and alcoholics who, who need to be given love and given grace. So, um, and I'm just blessed. And then I ended up getting hired at KLTY. Uh, doing seven to midnight and and you know by God's gift um, I'm number one overall in my shift and that's never happened and I know that's all God's doing so before I leave the house Curtis always says go out and encourage those women the women to the Lord tonight and I try to think of the Toby Mac song where he says steal my show when I go in I try to give it to God and let Him use the gift that He's given me to speak to people and let them know that there is hope if you are struggling with alcoholism or addiction get help. You can get help, and I know it's hard to go and get the help and ask for help. But, um, listen, it was the best thing that I, ever do- I have ever done, and I would have never expected my life to be where it is today. And I am so grateful and so blessed and uh, just amazed at how, how good God is.
1: Uh, I really am. Amen to that. And we want to congratulate you on almost 16 years of sobriety. And more importantly, I also want to congratulate you for being number one. And I have no, no doubt that you'll continue to be number one because when I listen to your show, the thing I love about it is you put your heart and your soul into it. And you give so much to your listeners and it's, it's sound, practical, biblical counsel and advice, which I think the world mm-hmm. so desperately needs right now. And as I was listening to you give your testimony, I wrote down two things, and I think they are foundational to sobriety. You talked about your sponsor. We don't have to mention her by name, but I want you to talk about the importance of choosing the right sponsor and then talk a little bit about that, the AA program, and also the other piece that I always tell those who are in recovery is that When you're in recovery, your family, and to a greater extent, even some of your friends that come alongside you are in recovery with you. So I'd like you to just talk about those three areas briefly, if you can.
2: Sure. Well, my my sponsor was always a believer, and I always thought, golly, she is so smart. How does she know all these things? And I wasn't really a believer at the time, but she never... She never forced that on me, and I thought, oh, my gosh, please let me be like her as I get older in my sobriety and can help other women. And, um, I, you know, and it, it's amazing. And I, I said, how did you ever do that with me and didn't force God on me? And she said, I just, you know, uh, it, it's a miracle. I, I just was really blessed with a great sponsor. So if you can find somebody that loves the Lord and you can see it in what they do and um, that they 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 walk the walk and they talk the talk and and I, I always say this about believers in christ you can you should be able to tell somebody who is a believer by in in their actions and how they are. you should be able to know that immediately so just ask God to guide you in getting a good sponsor and um she has been um my best friend through the years she knows all my hurts hang ups and and everything and and in the program, and you'll meet people as you go in the program people that don't stay over and all that. And it's okay to love them, but, and it's okay to be there for them and help them as you work through the steps. But remember, you have to change everything in your life. And some of my friends changed, a lot of them did. And I, you have to, you really have to change your people, places, and playground. And, you know, realize that God wants you to be surrounded with other believers who can encourage you, give you wisdom and discernment in Christ, but not wrong. Um, advice, So you have to be very careful and pray every day. My sponsor would say pray every day for wisdom and discernment in everything you do. So important.
1: Uh,
2: absolutely. Did, I, did, did, did you have another question that I missed one? Uh,
1: well, I was talking about just the your family also being in recovery with you, the importance right. of your family walking alongside of you.
2: Right. So my parents had passed, but my brother, um, Jimmy, had been sober 38 years. My sister has, I don't know, 18 years. But my other brother was really upset with me. And um, my mother, before she died, had said, you know, listen, uh, you have to forgive your sister and move on. So I had to really work on that relationship, because I'll never forget the phone call that my oldest brother called and yelled at me about what I had been doing. And um I just felt awful. So I had to really work through that. And it takes time. You just, you have to... You know, keep your head down. Do the next right thing every day. Do what God would intend for you to do with Christ in your heart. And just know that He is in control, and everybody else eventually will see who you really are. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. If you're being Christ-like and doing what Christ wants you to do and being clean and sober for today, God will honor that, and everybody else will see it. It doesn't really matter if everybody else doesn't believe you right now. You keep doing what you're doing. Eventually, they'll see it.
1: Uh, outstanding, and I totally agree with you and our next question has to do with what I call it is my my rhythm of recovery or my rhythm of living, and that 's how I stay sober and So, how would you describe to our listeners your rhythm of living and how you stay sober day to day
2: yeah i don 't ever want to be like I was first of all, so i don 't ever um and i 've had surgery since then, so I know that i 've had to take narcotics. So what I've done in those times is, and I'm in the hospital, I let them give me give me what I need to. But if I've had to be out and get home and take medication, I have my husband or my sponsor and I make a notepad and have them give it to me and write down how much and when, so I'm accountable. So that's how I deal with that. And I wake up, I study the Bible every day, I try to get out and walk or go work out. I do my daily readings. I try to ask God for help and discernment and wisdom and everything I do, I try to uh, be you know it's it, it's really weird after you get sober. I remember the first thing when I got sober was like, oh my gosh, I have all this laundry to do. And my sponsor would say, um, "Hey, if you don't feel like doing your laundry today, you don't have to. You can do it tomorrow, or the next day." So it can be overwhelming at first, but eventually you realize you can live life on life's terms, and it's okay. Yes, it's okay. Yes, God's got you.
1: Well, and let's talk a little bit about what was the greatest obstacle to you getting help and getting sober and also what is the biggest obstacle now to staying sober
2: so what was the biggest obstacle in getting sober well i think was having to tell everybody that i was taking my mother's medicine and filling it up with water so embarrassed who does that who does that to your mother but that my mother forgave me and that i had to confront that because i knew my heart was good but i was so wrapped up in my addiction Mm-hmm. Um, that was the most difficult thing was to tell her that I had to go get help, so I had to leave her for a week while she was sick to go get help, but it was the best thing I could do i had to, there were things you had to do and you had to change and you know there you and it's hard you have to swallow your pride,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I had to pull my big girl panties on, apologized for what I had done, and then let it go, because God died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for our, our sins, so that we would be forgiven. And, and He knew in my heart that I, I was really sorry for what I had done. So that was the big thing, and then getting help, and then um, and staying sober. I, I think the, the the it's like every day you do it, you're further away, uh, and it's it's easier. It gets easier every day. You know, it really does. Um, And I I think um, once you have Jesus in your heart and realize that he is in control of your life and you give your life and your heart to him, the Holy Spirit is in you. So he will guide you in everything you do. And he is my social, he is my social and internal conscience every day. So he is with me all the time. So, you know, I would encourage anybody that's struggling to know that there's God who loves you unconditionally. And that's where our love comes from. It doesn't You you need to rely on Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit, not on drugs, not on your husband, not on your children. All of that needs to come from Him first, and let Him show you what you need to do in life, and give Him your hope, faith, and love, and then... Everything else will fall into place, but don't give your hope and your love to a drug and think that that's going to make you feel better, or this guy over here is going to make you feel better, or that food over there is going to make you feel better, or this new car or this new purse. None of that works. It's your hope has to be in Christ first every day, and that's what you have to. to I have to live for is knowing that Christ is in my heart every day. And um, none of the other material things, we have our health, we have a, a home, we have food. You know, at the end of the day, my sponsor would always say, do you have a roof over your head? Yes. Do you have food to eat? Yes. You're you're okay.
1: Well, amen. As my dad would say, Mirror Rose, that'll preach. That was awesome. No. Thank you.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. I went over a little oh, bit, no, but no. listen, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. Hey, I always so thank you. I
1: always tell people the Holy Spirit shows up and he speaks in and through you. And I certainly felt it then. So thank you for that. We've got just a few minutes left, and I would like you to end the show with what advice you would have for anyone suffering from drug or alcohol addiction.
2: I would like you to know that I have been there. I've been in a room where all I would do is smoke a cigarette, have pills, drink alcohol, and just isolate, isolate, isolate. Just miserable thinking that, you know, does life get any better than this? Let me assure you that 16 years later, it does get better. You have to make that step. You have to make that call. You need to get help and get out of the isolation. Get out, get help, and serve others. Put God, find a relationship with Christ. Know that He wants the best for you. Listen, it's the devil that wants you in that room right now drinking and doing drugs and by yourself. Uh, God, does, that is not His intention for you. He wants you to live a full life uh, free of drugs and alcohol and serving Him. And let me tell you, there is so much joy on this other side and i hope you find it because i don't ever want to be back on that couch smoking a cigarette drinking alcohol and uh, being in isolated feeling like there's no hope because there is hope on the other side and i'm telling you it's beautiful here
1: well praise god and i totally agree and mary rose i want to thank you because for you to take the time to come on our show and bless us with such a wonderful testimony we know that it is only through the power of god that we were able to get you on the show and i thank you and i pray that god always richly bless you and your family and all of your endeavors
2: oh thank you and the same for you too i i really appreciate what you're doing here and um i i'm just so blessed that you asked me to share my story urban and um you too. Vicki, a little sugar burger baby, I love her too so um, it's just a, I'm just here I'm a vessel trying to do the next right thing trying to encourage other people to Christ and know that there is hope, there is always hope you can get out of your addiction, alcoholism whatever it is you're suffering with get help and um, listen God has big plans for you He he wants you to prosper and do well He does not want the devil to take a hold of you
0: We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word 100.7 FM Finding addiction help is intensely personal and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit hamptonministries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Thank you for joining us today. I'm Irvin Lee, host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can support Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly
0: bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.